How you doing? I'm Jim Hamilton. I'm at the Pig and Whistle. I'm at the famous Pig and Whistle. Look, I've come. I've got my rucksack on. I'm a well-known man around the world as one of the best rugby players to have ever played the game. No, I'm not. It's a lie. But we've got Paul O'Connell's montage on the wall. I've heard a lot about this place. And I'm here. Make sure, though, that you come here, but you also tune in to Rugby Wrap-Up. Coming up next, James Kennedy of Rugby United New York and Adrian Balfour of Seattle Seawolves. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Balanced Palette, nutrition for peak performance. And The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City talking rugby. And you can't talk Major League Rugby without two Major League owners. Next to you, you have Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves and Mr. James Kennedy of Rugby United New York. Adrian, first off, because you're the visitor, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to have you. James, as always, welcome. Been a while, Matt. Thank you pretty much a regular in terms of appearances on Rugby Wrap-Up. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Must be breaking a record. Me and Pingelli are head-to-head, I'd say. Yeah, well, at least we can hear you. Just <laughs> yeah. kidding, Marty. Just kidding. Anyway, uh, we are just in the books after an epic Major League Rugby event, one that will probably set the stages for Rugby Hang United on, States. I, I, I mean, the Toronto game was good. I don't think it was that oh! good. <laughs> oh, oh, that was harsh. That was harsh. <laughs> No, we had a 38-31 final, Coney Island. I'll give you 10 guesses, ladies and gentlemen, as to who won that match. It was an Irish owner, I know that. Yeah, an, Irish owner, an Irish owner's team won that match. But in all seriousness... And they're coastal. A coastal Irish owner nice. won that match. Yeah, mm. but in all seriousness, uh, trying to separate as a fan for a moment, it was really an exciting match. And great for the league. I know it sucks for you because your team lost. I know it's great for you because your team won. But... To quote an old cliche, rugby won that day. <laughs> it was a great match for sure. That was a game of two halves. For, you know, that, yeah. was, that was incredible. Yeah, a tale of two cities, a tale of two halves, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you guys showed a lot of moxie coming back there. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I know that you're completely dissatisfied with the loss. No, I think it, it, the, the team is very happy with the two pints they got. Uh, it was, uh, pints? Two pints. Two pints. Um, you know, um, it, it was just a great two pints for them because they were in a hole at halftime and... To get the two points in that, in that circumstances was great. It felt like a win. And, you know, we weren't very good at getting bonus points this year, so we finally got two. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah right. Exactly. In a loss. In a, yeah, in a loss, yeah. What was the halftime speech? Because if we can bottle that one up and sell I, it stands. I wasn't in the dressing room. we so got to get cameras. I don't know. There's someone in the room here that would probably say what the halftime speech mm. is, but he's just off camera. Mm. Off camera, James English. Who's English? All seriousness, um, you've also both made acquisitions in the last couple of weeks. Big acquisitions. Physically big acquisitions. Physically, well, yeah, physically big acquisitions. Some are going to come in next year. Some are already on board. We caught up with one of your biggies, Samu Munoa, and he is still indeed an imposing force. He certainly is, yeah. He hasn't played since I think it was last December when he last played, so he's uh, been working with the S&C guys and getting out in the field and running around. And you know, I, I think you know, he got 30 minutes at the weekend. Yeah. Um, we'll see if we can try and steadily increase that as we go down through the season the run-up to the championship playoffs. Now, was the plan to have that blood sub for him just to get his feet wet, then come off, and then go back on? Was that Bloodgate, Bloodgate, Bloodgate. Yeah, <laughs> are we going Bloodgate here? 
No, no, that was that certainly was not the plan. <laughs> you know, I think it confused everybody in the ballpark. But I'm like, wait, wait a minute, oh god, yeah, confused me too. Because it looked like two, it looked like you had two Samu Manoas running out at different points. Yeah, that would be, no, that, was, be that was that wasn't part of the plan. But yeah, I mean, the idea was for him to get 20, 30 minutes towards the end. And he came on and he made some big hits and he, he certainly contributed. I mean, there's more to come from him, you know? Yeah. He just has to get fitness and, and, and get the speed up there. So, but yeah. Well, he's got that glint back he's, in his he's eye. He's a true professional. That yeah. guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we had an interview and your man, Brian Sheehy, was my cameraman and cut off the top of his head. So we'll have to go to B roll on that interview mostly. <laughs> You also had a pretty big splash in the international rugby star market by signing Matty Bastard, as we're referring to him here in Brooklyn. Mathieu Bastard. He's a, he's a big fan, by the way. <laughs> he will be. <laughs> you're going to have to get bigger chairs, though, because he can't come in here right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> we will get you a bigger chair, my one and me. But uh, that's a big signing. It is, yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot of guys wanting to come into this league. Uh, the lure of playing in America is... is um, you know, as an as an immigrant, I get it. It's just like to come over here and, and get out of the fish. Well, I didn't don't get this, but to get out of the fishbowl of Europe and and just enjoy the game again. Because you know, at that level, they don't really get to smile right. much. So, I mean, you could. You mean in France? Everywhere. Okay. All right. Um, uh, you know, so hopefully he'll be a positive influence on the team, and and hopefully the, these kind of signings will spread across the league. You know, there's no point in New York and Seattle loading up on players like this because it's not that's not parity, but. I think it will happen that way. You're not loading up. I mean, you guys are, you guys are introducing guys to, to professional rugby in droves. So it's, I, I'm not one of these people that says you have to keep everybody from the United States in this league. It's not gonna, that's not sustainable either. Your team's only as good as the, as the 23 guys that are on the squad. Like, so you can have a, a really superstar, but you know, if you're, your weakest, you're as good as your weakest point because you know, you, you'll, you'll get played to your weaknesses. So, you know, I mean, having... Guys that are well-known house names is great, but you have to get the team culture right, and you got to make sure you got 23 guys all pulling together on the game day. Yeah, and you, he mentioned team culture. I've been around both of your teams. I've been I've been fortunate enough to to hang out and and get to know some of them pretty well. You both have really pretty good cultures there. I mean, you guys are calling each other the roosters and different stuff and and off the pitch and everything else. And there's yeah. there's a good thing going on. You got the Harlem stoop going yeah. in the rooftop. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean everybody you talk to. I mean, and it's just. It's business as well, right? It, a happy staff, a happy team pulls for you, you know, and it's not, you can't buy that. You can't buy happiness. It has to be, it has to come from within and it has to come from the squad. So, you know, the first thing. Very we, philosophical there. Yeah, the first you can't thing. can't buy happiness. First thing we say when, when we recruit is, is he an asshole, you know? And we've turned down some big names because they're assholes. Um, can you name those, please? No. <laughs> I'd need a few Just more. Just give me like three of them. <laughs> no. no, but you, no, you need okay. the teams. You need teams to pull together, and everyone needs to pull for their mates. You know, so you gotta have guys that work together and tight. And you work, and you, you got your training pods, you got your eating pods. Like we were in camp for a week before yeah. the New York game, Pennsylvania. I mean, yeah, yeah, we were up in uh, in camp there for a full week training at Marywood University, and those guys were phenomenal. That was that was the same week you got all the stones picked on your fields out there, the ditches cleared for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, we got a little back, uh, vaccine diva exposure, huh? Is that what we're going at here? Immigrant labor. <coughs> Irish on Irish here on Rugby Wrap-Up. Uh, it goes that way, right? <laughs> yeah, so as a fan, again, another cool aspect is, and I've seen this in Seattle as well, the aftermatch function yeah. includes the fans. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Wouldn't it? That's rugby, right? That's sport. You know what? We're not, you know, 
Yeah. Not on an island. I mean, we are. Manhattan is an island. But Coney, Coney, Coney is an island. Coney is also Coney an island. So we are on two islands. I'll retract that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're used to living on an island, so it's no yeah. big deal there. Seattle's... So you got to bring the guys, of, like, yeah. after the match, like, even the final last year, we had Eric Deschel out in, the, out in the pitch, and he was playing lightsabers with some kids. Yeah. Okay? But that's after he'd won the final. Yeah. And he's out there, you know, obviously the shirt was off, of course, but, you know, he's playing lightsabers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what you want. And after the game... Does, does he take a lightsaber with him everywhere? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's a real lightsaber as well. It's not one of those imitations. When, you, when yeah. you guys started playing Star Wars at the stadium there at the weekend, it was like everyone's so happy. <laughs> I actually thought that was the turning point of the match where we kind of got distracted. <laughs> right, right. It, it was it, a we, strategy, we, right? We'd done our research. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not only was it after they won the championship, but it was after he had been trying to lift that concrete yeah, yeah. slab or whatever it is that's called the shield better man than me <laughs> hey can we get 15 guys that just played the uh, championship to lift this thing uh, that's only 250 pounds what the hell <laughs> <laughs> you, you I, I'd, hate, I'd, hate, I'd hate to be the guy that has to hang it on the wall I mean Jesus <laughs> <laughs> and as a construction guy you know what that entails yeah you know you, you put some anchors in and cement wall yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, game, the game of the weekend was fantastic I thought it was great I mean you know from our perspective we went out there and we wanted to go really hard um, but New York came at us. The first 10 minutes, we were all on defense. Like, so they were coming and coming and coming. And then we managed to break through. We kind of put our plan together. You know, Matt found a, a crack. And off he goes. Matt Turner. Yeah. Uh, and so then, then basically the game opened up for us, and we were able to exploit that. But then, you know, fair play to New York. In the second half, they came at us. Um, you know, we, ran, we, we actually had a whole ton of penalties in the second half. Um, which you guys were cheating. That's I mean, no, just blatantly no. cheating. Folks. No, it's just the, the pressure we were under, right? No. They're a good team. There's a reason why New York is um, ranked as one of the sort of contenders for the championship. I mean, there's a reason why they're good. Well, so. you are the defending champions, and you are being humble right now. But we have a side story. Uh, Matt Turner finds a crack, and we'll take that down in the next episode of Rugby Wrap-Up. Another cool thing was the kids playing on the, on the field at halftime. You had different organizations out there with the little ones, and that can only bolster and build this game again from the ground up. Yeah, and I, I think, I know uh, Adrian does a great job of that in Seattle. And for me, it's, it's the school visits, getting the kids out there, creating programs and fostering programs. is That's what it's all about. And it's, it's socialism, but it's also capitalism because there's our future players out there, there's our future fans, they're going to buy our merch. So what's right for society is actually right for us as owners as well. It's a perfect And line. you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I feel like you're doing the right thing. That's yeah. important. See, that's an interesting topic that you bring up, this, the capitalistic and socialistic aspect of this thing, because rugby globally, for the most part, other than maybe the Premiership and the French Top 14, where the owners are spending a lot of money and, and butting heads with the, the local unions, NZRU, IRFU, Welsh Rugby Union, they're basically controlling what their players do and their teams do. I mean, if I won the lottery tomorrow, and I go, I go down and I buy, I buy the blues, normally the Auckland blues. I'm literally the queen of England. I'm a figurehead. That's not going to fly in this yeah. country. Ask, ask Murray Bolton how he got on with that one. Yeah, but you, you get my point. You guys are now in this mix, and it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds over the course of the next three, four years, because it looks like it's going to stick. Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with that kind of global almost um, community, socialistic approach to the business. We don't have to deal with the global stuff. We just have to deal with, like, New York and Seattle. I mean, we, we're focused on our teams and making sure our culture's right, make sure we get our fan base right. we got to make sure we turn a return for the investors, make sure everyone's lives are good, and, and, and life will move forward. Um, you know, the league from last year to this year stepped up tremendously. Like, it was way more competitive this year and way more intense than it, than it was last year. 
And then I expect next year it's going to be another massive step as well. Like you talk about the guys back home. Last year, rugby in the USA was a novelty to guys over in Europe and stuff, uh, especially, especially in Ireland, like the guys where I talked to. It was a novelty. They looked at they casually looked at it. They didn't really pay any, any attention. Right. Um, this year, guys are looking at it. I mean, there's a massive interest over there, and people are looking at it, and they're paying attention. That's for sure. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Mr. Adrian Balfour and James Kennedy right after this. I've been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back. Matt McCarthy with Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves and James Kennedy of Rugby United New York. Pretty much every weekend you can find at least the majority of the matches are exciting. You're the rookie owner here at this table, right? What has gone on that's, what's, what surprised you? What did you anticipate? What's different than what you thought it would be? I think um, you, you know, you, you're told it, you know it, you think it, but the length of the season, to the fatigue, and not just on the players, but on the staff. And I'm talking about even the guys and the girls in the office. It's, it's, it's been seven days a week since December with a week off for Christmas. And Adrian, you know all about this, right? So there is no off day. And um, I, you know, you, you know I, I've got a bit of Uber or something. Yeah, I'm a New York City construction guy. I can work all the time. Even my own mental fatigue surprised me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect that at all. And, and that's, you can see that in the players and the coaches. It's been a long season. And even the experienced European players, because they don't travel like this, you know, uh, it, it's it's long, and 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 everybody, we're going to finish strong, of course, but but you know, um, we'll have to do, we'll have to, I'll have to do a better job of of planning that out next year because it's it's, in, it's intense. It's like you take a look at Seattle to New York is kind of like New York to Dublin. It is, yeah. It's it's a long way, you know. I mean, you, you get off a, like we played in the, uh, Toronto, we. We came off a red-eye flight. Hotel room wasn't there. The guys are lying on the floor unconscious Ugh. in the team room. I mean, it's, 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 you gotta, you got, we got to plan better. Uh, we can learn a lot from this season. Um, and next season's going to be more intense because there's only going to be one bye week, I think, next year. Yeah, one bye week. So yeah. it's going to be a way more intense and there's going to be, uh, you know, injuries galore. You know, it's going to be, you got to really prep the players and make sure we have enough rotation in the squad. Yeah. So, you know, this year was tough, but next year is going to be even tougher, and you're going to have to have rotation and positions. Otherwise, you're going to be walking into a brick wall. I mean, the one thing about next year, I mean, I think it's probably benefits more. Pardon me, benefits benefits us more in the east than in the west. I'd say is the conference play. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, we still have to play three away out of conference games, so it almost won't make a difference really when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but it's still going to be sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but it'll it'll help. It'll definitely help that, you know, we have two teams that we can bust to. Um, yeah, and also the, the games are going to start slightly later in the year, so it should be easier. You won't have to be on the right. road for like, you know, eight games and, you know, eight, eight away games in a row. It'll be spread out more, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a little bit more spread out. So 
New York and Toronto won't spend. Toronto's no. not going to repeat an eight on the road out of the gate. No. Although it seems to be hopefully playing not. into their hands right now. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. Are we going to increase the salary cap? Is it going to stay? And, and how many teams are going to be there that are going to be under this salary cap umbrella? The, next the board year? has to vote on the salary cap. So, you know, we can't really talk about, about We can't really talk out of turn on that. Yeah. But you know, the board has to vote on that. So a uh, competition committee comes up with a recommendation. Board votes. And that's it. Can you just tell the rugby wrap-up audience? Because we don't know yet. We can't tell you what we don't know. That's it. All right. So what about the what about the amount of teams the next year? Are there still teams clamoring? Are you, are you set at 12? You, would you open 12. up the doors to somebody else? My understanding is it's 12. It's 12. Would you open up the doors to another team? You know, there's teams come in, teams apply, and the good thing about it is that there is more and more people that are becoming interested in rugby, and they're sending in their applications to the expansion committee so that they can be expanded franchises. Now, you got to lock down teams. you got to say this is the teams for next yeah. year. But for the outer years, like the year after next and the year after that, you know, there's there's conversations going on all the time, and we have to respect the the, the depth in the talent pool. You know, we can't just add teams. The, the The players aren't there. You know, I think we're already seeing that this year. You yeah. know, the players aren't there. It's is the league shutting down at all to accommodate the Eagles? Now, if it'll be 16 games and you get one weekend off per team, right. and I I think next year, you know, th- that rotation is going to be so important. Yeah, I think the healthiest teams at the end. I mean, it could be the same this year. Um, we've. We've had some issues, but we've been very, very lucky compared to other teams. I think, Adrian, you've had a good, some good luck up there as well. well we've had some yeah. good luck, but we had, like, second game into the season, Vili Tolatav, who broke his leg. Right. You know? um, Looked although, good on Saturday, though. He, he's, getting, he's coming back. It's He'll like be, having another star come back. Yeah, or another star it certainly addition. is. Yeah, it'll certainly be a refresh for the team. And he's been, he's been there all the way through training and so forth, so he's really been a voice uh, on the training sessions. But you know, to get him on the field is going to be great. But, we, you know, we want to look after the players and bring him back slowly. Because the worst thing happen could happen is for him right. to come back and get injured, especially in the World Cup year. Right. You know? yeah. So, but yeah, no, and Olive Gleefy, you know, he, he went on injured. You know, John Hayden, who went on injured. You know, we've had, we've had you know, Willie Rissalika, he's on injured. We've had, a, um, you know, eight, nine, ten injuries and stuff. So it's right. hard to deal with. So the fact that we're able to keep the boys on the field uh, goes down to our coaching staff, goes down to the S&C guys. And it really goes down to just how the team pulls together so we can have depth. And the Saracens guys that we train with over in Seattle have been a massive help. You know, Joey comes from there, um, Sequoia, Dion, they all come out of the Saracens program. The level of rugby, like the quality of rugby that's actually been played on the field this season, and you saw it at the weekend, that's high-level, high-quality impact rugby. And, you know, those guys just don't grow on trees. Except, and I'm going against what I said before the season here, um, I've seen players that were not on anybody's radar mm-hmm. get an exposure and play with players that are good and then raise their levels. Yeah, well, I mean, so the training is at a much higher level. So sometimes, sometimes, hopefully more, you put a player from a club team, could be a Division Three club team in New York, and it's happened, there's been plenty of them, and just being in that better environment, high-performance environment, they just step up. And they've got mentors and leaders around them. You know, and, and that's, that's great. And we all want to find more of those guys. And I think Seattle, I know Seattle does it. We do it. We look. We're always going to club games, always looking. Mm-hmm. They're out there. Those athletes are out there. Those rugby playing athletes are out there. Again. And, and, and local players put bums in seats, you know. Sure. You can sign all the Samuel Minos and Bastros of the world. Mm-hmm. To sell tickets, you need local guys. Austin. That's correct. <laughs> we didn't just say that, did we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, Don't we cut did. that out. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> uh, anyway, some guy named Austin. He's talking about. Who knows what he's talking about? But uh, all right. So again, fi- Austin's my ticket sales guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's he loves him. 
Uh, so you guys have different scenarios at, on your home fields. Your problem right now is that you might have to expand the size of that stadium, and you are maybe looking for a different venue or not. You know, yeah, I'm looking. For, I'm looking for a different venue. I, I will play a few games there next year, maybe more than a few. Um, but we're looking at venue options, and I, I can't say much about that. I can speculate. You don't have to say anything, but I would. I would say that maybe couple of different three venues as your home pitches perhaps or you know yeah yeah we're looking at that and and there's there's really good conversations going on with um organizations right now so Can you say that again for the organizations, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, organizations. For, the, for the most part though like you take a look at last year like the the ticket sales have gone up like you know yeah. our, our our sales have gone up like from last year to this year and you know i think across the league as well like other teams are performing much better like there was a good crowd there at the at the weekend yeah. it didn't really show on the camera it do, but there it was a good crowd there yeah you know? that's that's the thing too and i'm i'm not one that can be in this and mm-hmm. and lie about how many people were at an event because i'm i'd be kidding myself because mm-hmm. i'm in this but that configuration and baseball stadiums in general it's hard don't doesn't actually doesn't work. show you but they they just don't show how many people are actually there? And you got yeah. people in the concourse, you got people on the rooftop, you got people all over this. That was a good crowd. And I'll tell you what, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, specifically mm-hmm. in New York City. Mm-hmm. But you're on SNY, you're, you're getting your matches on a major league, a major network here in New York City. And again, the kids out there on that field, all of them had a great time. You just got a bunch of rugby fans that might not translate overnight or into next weekend, yeah. but it's going to get there. I talked to uh, Steve Lansdon a couple of weeks ago of the Bristol Bears, and, and he was saying it's taken him 22 years to get to 14,000. It's a hard job. But, you know, well, I think our, our number one thing is right now, and I'm not blaming the venue at all. Steve Cohen, you do a great job. Um, but the current cities that are involved in rugby United, in Major League Rugby right now, I would say that you're the toughest ask right now. Uh, in terms of each city's got the finding a venue, cha- yeah, uh, each yeah, city's got yeah, unique challenges. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't say one's worse or better than the other. I'm just I mean, talking venue. Well, venues are really hard to find. Like getting a good quality venue for a Boston, rugby. Boston have the same issues. Yeah. I think um, it's really hard. It, it, Austin, you know, they're what, an hour from the city. I know their driving culture, so maybe it's a little different. There is no team in San Francisco because of venue. All right, so we have to wrap this up, but I just wanted to ask: Is there anything <laughs> that you need to get out in there? Do you, do you need to sell anything? I need to sell a van. <laughs> you need to sell a van. yeah it's got a lot of sea 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 seahawks sea wolves sea wolves gear in it um funny you should mention a seahawk vehicle because i was uh out and about trying to find the rugby 100 bus uh-huh. for the sea wolves fans Ooh. and that's a whole different segment that we'll have separately but final questions for you guys who's going to make the playoffs and who's going to hoist the shield well, as four, a winner four, not as a four teams are going to make the playoffs for sure Right. And then one of them is definitely going to win. What do oh. you think, Adrian? I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, what is? Look, it, it, it's it's it's. Look at this. We got uh, six teams that can win the, win the title. Pretty good. That's amazing. That's. Yeah. I was going to curse there, but that's brilliant. Yeah. You, know, you can't ask for more than that. Any one of those teams can be any one of those teams on any given day. Predicting the winner is kind of like pointless, but you know, I think you know. The first two teams, I think probably Nolan and San Diego are probably going to stay up there and be in the, the things. And then it's uh, the rest of the four teams are going to fight it out. All right. And, we, and we're going to be in there. You heard it. They're going to be in there. You, we'll, we'll definitely be in there. Rooney's going to be in there. You guys. All I'll, all I'll do is say next season is going to be harder. It's going to be better rugby and it's going to be a harder it's competition. Going, it's going to be harder um, because I think Boston are going to come in very, very strong. Big yeah. time. Um, I, I, I haven't seen much out of DC. And I know Atlanta's. <laughs> Atlanta are building a franchise, you know, a, a team around Ute and they'll be good. Um, 
you know, they got a great coach down there as well. So yeah. I think yeah. it's hard for teams coming in actually, because you you know you take a look at the teams have been one season, two season in, and the competition's really tight. It's 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 ferocious, you know. Yeah. So I think it's going to be hard for teams coming in to be performing in the first year. And, and you know? well, what we see this year, like Nola went from one end of the table to the other end of the table. Yeah. You know, and honestly, nobody would have predicted that. And San Diego guys, improved dramatically in the off season. Yeah, too. they did. Yeah, yeah. they. they they looked at their problems and turned them into advantages. You know? Indeed, they did. You know? yeah. It took us uh, to an off. Lou Stanfill. That was a Patty Ryan. Patty mm-hmm. Ryan, yeah. Peterson. Well, Pat, both Patty Ryans are forces on both teams. Yeah. Right. All right. Thing. Peterson's pretty good, too. Peterson's pretty good. All right. We're going to go down through the roster. We're actually every out there single looking team for another Patty Ryan right now because it saves us a lot of money on jerseys and all that kind of stuff. There you go. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a black and white yeah. jersey with Ryan on the back. A little yeah. bit of marketing. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, my friends, we are out of time, but. I want to thank Mr. James Kennedy and Mr. Adrian Balfour, Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.